I'm Chrissy Bontrager, the Care and Family Ministries Director. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our Connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we're so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm New link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and to thank you for joining us. Each Monday night from 6 to 8.15, we partner with the Dream Center in Delaware to deliver groceries to families in need. We build relationships with these families and grow in our own faith as we serve others. You can volunteer once or twice a month or even weekly. To find out how you can participate, please contact Pastor Jason at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. On Sunday, May 15th, we will be recognizing the graduates of our community. If you or someone you know is graduating this spring, please contact Pastor Sean at sean.lee at presschurch.tv. Today, 100% of our text-to-give donations will be going to Turning Point. Turning Point provides survivors of domestic violence and their children with safe and secure temporary shelter. This shelter is designed to meet the victim's needs by providing housing, food, clothing, and personal items, as well as their emotional needs through support services. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you are visiting a campus in person today, there's a box by the back exit of the Worship Center where you can drop off your support as you leave. If you prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Palo Ohio 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Happy Mother's Day to everyone, especially the moms. Uh, my name is Jason Allison. I'm the spiritual formation pastor here at Press, and I am really uh, glad to be sharing with you. We're going to continue our series uh, called Mistaken. Uh, but, you know, I, I just had to say um, there's something about speaking on Mother's Day uh, because I know that, you know, I have an amazing mom. My wife is an amazing mother. Uh, my daughter is an amazing mother to her kids. And, and so I'm surrounded by these amazing mothers, and it makes me realize why Father's Day is often a second tier because I'm just not that good compared to what they are. <clears throat> and so I just understand that. But, you know, I really hope today that you uh, take some time to, uh, to thank your mother or uh, the person in your life who has mothered children around you. Uh, and, and I also want to acknowledge that, you know, a lot of people, this is a difficult day. Uh, whether it's because they've lost a mother or they've struggled with this, this area. And so we want to be sensitive to that, too, uh, as well as we, we move through this day and celebrate. And um, uh, 
just wanted to make that statement up front. And uh, to those of you who are joining us online, we welcome you and we are glad that you are part of the press community. And uh, we definitely want you to feel just as connected as everyone who's sitting here. Um, before we dive in, I just thought it would be a good, good thing for us to, uh, to pray. And, and we will pray for the moms and, and everything else. But uh, let's just take a moment uh, before we dive into God's word and pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you that uh, you have done so much. Uh, Lord, we ask you that on this day that we celebrate uh, moms, that all of those here who um, our mothers would feel the joy of that, would feel the value that we have for them and the love that we have. And for those that maybe have struggled with this day, that today they would find some peace in the midst of it and, and that they would sense your grace being sufficient for all of that. Father, I thank you that you, um, you have given us a picture of your love when you gave us mothers. And just as Jesus said, like a mother hen, he wants to gather his children in and care for them and protect them. We know that that is what you do with us, just as our mothers have done that. So God, we, we ask you to bless the moms today. Uh, may they sense you in a new and fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in, 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 um, in this whole vein of Mother's Day, I just wanted to confess something right up front. Uh, I don't like looking at baby pictures, okay? And, and, and I'm going to tell you why, because, you know, as a pastor, people come up and they want to show me, but have you ever seen some really ugly baby pictures? Like, and, and you look at them and you're like, how do you respond to this, right? How do I react when I look in this baby? You just want to go, ooh, and you can't do that. I learned that one the hard way. Uh, you, you know, when, when a mom hands you a picture and you, you have to make sure that your reaction, right, is, is something that is, that's good. And a lot of babies, they've got a face that only a mother could love. Uh, now, they usually grow out of it usually <clears throat> but but that's you know that's something we love about moms right they, they think that their baby is beautiful they think and and you look at the baby and you're like that looks like an, a 90 year old man okay that, that's not a baby but but moms love their baby and we love that about moms right that their response to seeing that baby is not oh <laughs> it's ah that's and so our reactions matter now i will tell you that being, you know, looking at other people's children and say, that's wonderful. But I will tell you, perfect children are grandchildren. And I have two of them, and they are perfect. Like, they are, there's no, everyone here should just be falling in love when they see the pictures of my grandchildren. Do you see how your reaction matters, right? It's really hard. We have to think about that as we go through things. We have to think about what does it mean to react? What does it mean to respond when someone shows you something, when you engage with someone, when someone talks to you, because too often, as our series says, we are mistaken even in our reactions to people. Sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't, right? Have you, have you ever said something to someone and realized, ooh, I said that wrong, or, or, or maybe I responded to them in a way that was not filled with grace, that was not filled with love, and that's really what we're talking about in this whole series is mistaken, finding, finding grace in my mistakes, even in my mistakes in the way I responded to people. How can I find grace in that? How can I move forward in that? And as you know, you know, each week the pastors get together, we hop in the car and we talk about the topic for the week. And uh, this week we did the same thing. So uh, let's see how it went. 
we talking about today? Uh, reactions. Reactions. Mm -hmm. Mistaken reactions. Mistaken reactions. Yeah. Something feels weird. I don't know it what does, it is. It feels off today. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're judging this the wrong way. Maybe uh, maybe something's. Uh, my my initial reaction is that something is off. Very off. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm mistaken in that or not, but something just doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel something, any better. Something's wrong. Still not. Yeah. Something's not right. Uh, I don't know. Just, it's <laughs> off. Let's try something different. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. The world is right. The world is good. <laughs> Everything is good. All is right. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our expectations are <laughs> shattered. <laughs> there is something about comfort and repetition, familiarity, familiarity. Yeah. We like things to be a certain way. We, we get do. used to them. Yeah. We get comfortable in them. And then when things aren't that way, we judge them. Yes. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. The idea of judgment and, and evaluating and all that stuff is. It helps me when I can see what's going on from another person's perspective. Hmm. And it, I was just thinking we all switch seats, obviously. But there's when I was in your seat, I, I saw the world differently than I see it from my seat. Hmm. And yeah. that actually now changes the way you. I perceive what you say or how you do something. Right. Because I've been there. I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I have more information. It's funny when you do change perspective like that, um, you're a little bit more quiet. You're a little bit more reserved and you yeah. take in information <laughs> yeah. instead of opening your mouth so much. We're comfortable in the seats that we're in. Yes. And we open our mouths and make right. lots of judgments when right. we're in these seats, right. right? But you change that, that perspective yeah. and it's like, huh. I'm going to actually take in information more than I'm going yeah. to spout off information. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, posting on social media, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. You couldn't have waited like one minute to cool down before, before you hitting that reply or right. <laughs> making that post or tweeting. Yeah. Yeah. Th this drive to react. Yeah. And I need someone else to feel my pain. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's a lot of it. I, I need to feel, I, I need yeah. someone else to reflect yeah. my to validate. anger. To yeah. Right. To validate. Yeah. 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 It's all part of the judgment process, yeah. right? It's all, all part of that sense of trying to find security yeah. in your own identity of who you are in relationship to the rest of the world, yeah. right? But I think you can misread some of what we're saying here and go, well, uh, when when you're talking about scripture calling us beyond ourselves, to be, you know, God calling us to be beyond that human reaction space, right. Right. Um, that somehow we're supposed to be superhuman. Right. And we're not. It's, right. it's part of embracing your humanity, understanding your limitations, mm -hmm. and knowing that you can't be. You actually can't be good enough or have the right reaction in every situation, right. which is why you need to understand how much uh, what you need Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. Our weakness. Why, why grace is so important. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to fail. Like, yeah. But just living in that failure of like, well, I'm human, so I'm just going to 
injure everyone around me. Right. That's not healthy. Yeah. But understanding that you have the capability of doing damage right. and that your reactions and your assessments are not really, uh, certainly not 100% correct and right. r rarely have any uh, yeah. uh, higher level of uh, correct. accuracy. Right. <laughs> Uh, you you need something beyond yourself. Yes. You know? Yes. And you need to recognize all of that. that yes. You, you know, like, and, and who are you looking to beyond yourself to help you understand how you make judgments? Yes. Well, I, f I feel like we, we all we all work in, in our own self to fix these responses. Like, we think that if I just, you know, if I meditate the right way or if I do yoga, you know, so much or, and, and we leave God out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying we can't meditate on God's word or pray or, you know, yes. But I, we don't usually go to that place. We right. go to a place of I'm going to do it on my own power. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we miss we miss a big part of, of the way that God interacts with us. Yeah, we look to all of these other things to try and solve the problems, right? Um, and we rely on those things. I, I guess the question is, you know, what are we looking to beyond ourselves to give us a sense of truth instead of relying on ourselves for judgment what what is the thing that we're looking to so for uh, all of you who started the hashtag let jason drive uh it has happened and it will be no more no i'm just kidding <laughs> You know, it, it, the way CR ended that, you know, who, where do we get our standard of judging? Where, where is it that we, you know, is it from our own sense of what is right and what is wrong? Do, do we actually look to what God has to say? How do we do all? These are all questions that we need to think about as we think about how we react, right? We think about responses. And, and the passage I want to dive into today for a little bit is Matthew chapter 7. It's probably familiar to a lot of you. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, the first five verses, it starts, it says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to a friend, Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? hypocrites. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. We react in judgment constantly. Now, part of that is simply survival, right? I mean, <laughs> we have to look at something and judge quickly. Is this harm? Is this something I need to avoid? Is this something I should eat? Is this something I shouldn't eat? Is this, you know, I mean, uh, Brian, uh, who runs our tech stuff, he sent me a picture uh, yesterday evening. Apparently he's here finishing up a couple things and uh, went to throw some things in the dumpster and found a nice little friend, a raccoon, uh, stuck in the dumpster. And, um, you know, it's one of those where he has to decide, how do I get this thing out without it hurting me, <laughs> right? You gotta evaluate the situation. You gotta make a judgment call. And, and don't worry, it got out free for all of you who care. He set up a little ramp, it got away, and nested, I think, under our box truck out there, probably chewing on wires and costing us lots of money. But that's a different issue that, uh, you know, I'm, but here's the thing, we make judgment calls all the time. When you meet someone, you, you have to make an evaluation. Can I trust this person? 
But today I want to look at a couple things that hopefully will help us learn how to avoid some of these mistaken reactions and, and at least find some grace in the reactions we've had in the past. The first thing I want us to notice is it really comes out of those first two verses is, you know, we can't love people beyond the label we give ourselves. Right? If we don't understand who we are, if we, if we don't understand the, the identity markers that we've given ourselves, it's going to be very difficult to love the people around you and to respond to them in positive ways. You know, how you respond to others will grow directly out of how you label yourself. If, if you constantly label yourself the underdog, then you know what? Everyone is a competitor. Everyone is out to get you. Everyone is trying to squash you. Everyone, you know, if you label yourself in certain ways, it creates a lens through which you see everyone else. And, and you've got to begin to at least see that, acknowledge that. If, if you label yourself as morally upright or morally superior, then everyone else will never measure up to your standards. And so the question is, what kind of label are you taking on? Because if, if you take on the label of beloved child of God, then all of a sudden, when you interact with someone and you have a reaction to them, it starts with this lens of, if I am a child of God, then I can see them as God sees them. And do you see how that changes the way you react to them? Now, when you came in, you should have gotten a name tag. If you're watching at home or wherever it is you might be watching, picture a name tag or, or get a piece of paper. You're not going to write on it. You're not going to put it on. Don't worry, okay? Uh, for all of you that have a nice new shirt on, we're not going to mess anything up, okay? But here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at it, and I want you to think for just a minute. It says, hello, my name is. If you were to give yourself a label right now, a name that you would be known as, what would that be? What would, what would you label yourself right now today? For some of you, it might be mom. For some of you, it might be I'm with her, <laughs> right? For some of you, it might be I'm really not that smart. For some of you, it might be I, I, don't, I don't even know, confused, searching, wondering, some of you may look at it and go, I'm a builder, right? Maybe it's tied to your job. If you're a guy, that's probably how <laughs> we do it. That's how we think. What I produce becomes my label. But here's the thing. If you take time to really reflect on who you are, who you think you are, then you can begin to understand the way you respond to others. Because you see them through this lens that you've created, this log in your eye that you've created, and it impacts the way you perceive those around you. In Matthew 22, Jesus gives us what we call the great commandment, right? He, he says, and he's responding to someone who asks, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself love God and love others as you love yourself one way that I've, I've 
thought of this and I've seen it done is, you know, there's, there's kind of three directions here. We have to find a way to be in a healthy relationship up, a healthy relationship in, which then leads to a healthy relationship out. We love God. We love ourselves because we are God's child so that we can then love those around us. When, when we start to understand that, then we can understand, okay, what are some of the labels I've given myself? If one of your kids came up to you and said, and they said, you know, somebody called me a really terrible name, you'd be upset, right? I would probably go find that person who called them that and, and have a little talking to with them, right? Well, what if that person was your child? That's what they call themselves. That's the label they've given themselves. We need to at times be able to say, wait, 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 wait. I wouldn't let anyone else call you that. So you can't call yourself that either. Because it's not true. Because those labels began to inform how we love and how we react to others. And if you're wondering what God thinks of you, the label that God has given you, because that's part of what CR said there at the end of the video, right? He said, it depends on how, who are we looking to for truth, for that, that absolute right and wrong, that absolute judgment about someone. Well, let's start with what God says about us. And, and there's a ton there, I could go on and on and on, but let me just give you three quick ones. Here's what God says about you in Romans 8, 15. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. So your label is not slave. It's not the underling. It's not less than. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. He says, now we call him Abba, Daddy, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You are loved by God. You are his child, his beloved child. 1 John chapter 3, very first verse, it says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. You are God's child. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Do you see that? For you... Because you are who you are, because God has called you, because you are his possession, because you are a royal priest, because you are holy, you can now show that to others. The label that you have, that you've given yourself, impacts the way that you love those around you, the way you respond to those around you. If you want to get better at your responses, when someone shows you an ugly baby picture, and instead of your first reaction being, ooh, if you want to get better, then start understanding how you see yourself. Because you know what? That kind of starts with the assumption that that baby is ugly because it doesn't look like my baby or because it doesn't look like my perfect grandchildren. Right? I, I, I've started to assume what all this stuff is instead of just listening. Oh, wait, that is someone's beloved child. And whether they're pretty or not doesn't matter. They're beautiful because they're their children. 
the way I label myself impacts the way that I am able to love others and to respond in a good way. Take a minute and just reflect on some of the labels that you might have written on that name tag. Do any of them involve these verses? Chosen, beloved, loved, God's child. If they didn't, who told you that those were labels that should have gone away? Because it wasn't God. So that leads to the second thing that we can learn here is it's not just the labels that we give ourselves, but we can't love people beyond the label that we give them. I mean, how many times have you seen someone and you've automatically given them a label before you've even met them? The second half of our verse from, from Matthew 7, right? He, he says, he talks about the speck and he talks about all the, the log in your eye and how it's the log that makes you label the other person. And that's hard. Jesus starts to, to label someone, but he does it through his eyes, right? He looks at Peter one day, and he gives him a label, a, a nickname. If you didn't know it, Peter wasn't his given name. Simon was his given name. And, and he looks and he says, Peter, in, in Matthew 16, he says, I'm not going to call you Simon anymore. I'm going to call you Peter, which is tied to the word Petros, which means rock. So he called him Rocky, basically, right? He says, your name's not Simon, you're Rocky. And on this rock, I'm going to build a church. See, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big name to live into. And I'll tell you what, Peter didn't always live into it. Right? It, it took him a while. It took that a while to soak in. I mean, he was the guy who denied he even knew Jesus three times the night that Jesus was, under, was, was being tried. He's the guy that, that, that messed up multiple times. But he knew what Jesus had called him to, and so he began to live into that. So take your name tag and, and trade it with the person next to you or around you, whatever. Now, you have someone else's name tag in front of you. What labels would you give them? Don't write them out. What labels would you give them? What labels have you given them over the years? What labels have you given people around you? We live in a time of extreme divisiveness. We use labels so that we don't have to think about the nuances or the complexity of ideas, of people, of where they stand, of what they're thinking. And too often we write those labels and then slap that name tag on it. See, if I, if I stood here today and I gave a, you know, a hint of anything that would be considered liberal, then all of a sudden I'm labeled a progressive, a liberal, and I get thrown into that entire lot. The far end of it too, right? If I say anything that may come across conservative, all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a right-wing, you know, crazy person. Like there's no in-between, there's no nuance, it's just labels. And because of that, we end, we end up in a, a society where everyone is labeling everybody, but no one's actually having conversations. 
No one's actually talking with someone. No one's actually hearing ideas. No one's actually loving people and responding in love. And so we have so many mistaken reactions. I was reading an article this morning, actually, um, and apparently there were some studies done, and, and the study revealed that people, <clears throat> when, they, um, when they would hear someone and, and label them, they automatically assumed that their ideas were way more extreme than they actually were. It's studies have been done, scientific studies, that this is true, that, that we, we label someone, and as soon as we do, we automatically assume that they are way more extreme than they actually are. On either side, it doesn't matter. And then we wonder why our world is so crazy and why we can't stop and have conversations. Because we're making these automatic judgments of people because we label them. And Jesus says, look, before you label someone, how about you deal with the label you've given yourself? How about you deal with the log in your own eye before you start dealing with the speck in someone else's? Because the problem is we generally get those confused. We think we have a speck and they've got a log. But that's not the way Jesus talked about it. You can trade them back, although I guess it doesn't matter because you didn't write anything on it yet. But if we don't recognize when we are handing out these labels, then we're like the hypocrite who can't see the log in their own eyes. I have noticed, too, that people generally live into the labels that I give them. I, I was a children's pastor early in my ministry, so like, you know, 150 years ago. And I, I remember that I had a group of fifth graders. And, and these fifth graders... For, for multiple years leading into this, this group was considered the wild group, right? Every, every you know, elementary school has that group that moves through. And, and I remember coming in, and, and I ended up not really having any problems with them. They, we actually had a great year. And some of the other volunteers, teachers that I had asked me, how in the world did you get them to, like, you know, listen and follow through? And I said, well, I just told them that they were leaders, and I treated them like that. I gave them the label of you're good, you're smart, you're a leader, now let's do something with it. And they lived into it. I didn't do anything special. I'm not that talented, but they are. And the moment someone said, you're talented and gifted and I want to do something with that, they lived into it. Have you ever been around someone that has been told all their life that they're no good, that, that they're never going to amount to anything, and they don't? You see those power that those labels can have when we stick them on everybody else? Imagine what would happen if we began seeing people the way God sees them. Because that's going to impact the way you react to them, the way you respond. Jesus, you know, he does more than, than just tell us, okay, think about how you label yourself. Think about how you label others. He takes us to the, the third thing that I want to hit today before we wrap up and you go celebrate Mother's Day and do all the fun stuff with beautiful weather and flowers and all that. He says, listen, when prayer is your first response, being judgmental becomes more difficult. 
when prayer is your first response, when prayer is the way that, that you, it's the lens that you use to interact with other people, then it becomes way more difficult to judge them or to respond mistakenly, to react in a mistaken way because we've started to see them with the Holy Spirit guiding our thoughts. And this is why Paul says, you know, pray without ceasing. Well, you can't walk around, okay, and you run into things, okay? It's not a safe way to drive. But what he's saying is if you are constantly opening your eyes in a way that you are saying, God, show me what you see in the people around me and the situation and the way they're handling things, how can I react? If that's a constant conversation happening, then all of a sudden it becomes way easier to react in a healthy way. Even when you disagree with them, even when they're wrong, your response can still be loving. It can still be filled with the Holy Spirit because it starts in prayer. Jesus calls us to pray for those who persecute us, not mean tweet them, right? Not, not, not stalk them and then undermine them on Facebook or any social media, not, not to, to say bad things about them in the office or to create something. No, no, he says pray for those. Matthew chapter 4, or chapter 5, verses 44 and following says, But I say, love your enemies. I don't like that verse. They're my enemies. I'm not supposed to like them. But he says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. You've got to remember, God gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. Right? He, he sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Really, even tax collectors do that. Right? Even the lowly sinners do that much. And if you're kind only to your friends, well, how are you different than them? Even the pagans do that. If you want to be like Christ, then you need to treat people as he would have, praying for them. And that means when someone is persecuting you, when someone's treating you, mistreating you in some way, it starts by praying for them. It doesn't mean pray with them. Okay, that might be awkward, right? When they start to say, wait a minute, we need to pray together before we have this conversation. Now, maybe that would work. I don't know. I haven't tried that one, quite honestly. But do you see how just coming into the situation saying, God, show me how to respond. I want to listen to your spirit, not to the way I want to respond. All of a sudden, it's easier to respond in a healthy way. Romans 12, 14, Paul takes that even further. He says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Have you ever prayed a blessing on someone who is persecuting you, who is treating you poorly, who doesn't like you? What if our first reaction is prayer? How many bad relationships could be reconciled and repaired? If we just paused for a heartbeat say, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with this, with this relationship, with this interaction, with the way I'm responding and reacting to the person? How many arguments could have been resolved before they started? How much strife and contention could have been resolved if we just learned to respond the way Jesus did 
and start with prayer. Maybe that moment of pause it would give us time to see the pain and the hurt that the other person has gone through leading up to this moment. Maybe to give us a chance to hear what they're trying to say rather than assuming what they're going to say. Maybe it'll give us a chance to look at those labels that we've put on ourselves and that we're putting on them and say, God, show me where I need to see them as you see them. I, I want all of us to just begin thinking about what does it look like to respond in grace? Right? That's, this whole series is about, you know, mistaken. How do we, how, how does God, right, give us grace when we are wrong, when we've done something wrong? And so I'm sure looking back, you can see lots of times you've, you've responded, reacted poorly to someone. And, and I don't want you to just beat yourself up over that. That's more labels. Because right? when I look at what Jesus says about you, he says you're a new creation in Christ. So now let's talk about moving forward. What do we learn from that? How can we start today responding to people by being aware of our labels that we've put on ourselves, be being aware of the labels that we're slapping on people without even thinking about it, and start with prayer that show me. What would it look like to cultivate a listening heart before responding? Take your name tag out one more time. Here's what I want you to do with it. I don't want you to write on it. I don't want you to put it on. Nothing. I want you to put it in a place that will remind you each day of the labels that you've given yourself and that you've given to others. And hopefully it will remind you to start with prayer before you hand any more labels out. Because you, you can't love someone beyond the label you've given yourself. You can't love yourself beyond the labels you give them. Instead, we say, God, show us. And then respond as chosen, beloved children of God. We respond with grace. And when they show you baby pictures and the babies are ugly, you can act like it's the most beautiful baby you've ever seen because you're seeing them through the lens of God, our creator. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you have made us in your image and you gave us the label beloved. And we thank you for that. We know we don't deserve it. And we know we have labored, uh, labeled ourselves, ourselves in other ways that are not positive. And so we, we just, we repent of that. And we ask you, Lord, to come and to, to show us what it is. To know you and to be known by you so that we can take that grace and share it with the people around us. We can allow that love that comes in from you to flow through us into those around us. That we may show grace as we react to people. Lord, thank you that you are God and that we are not. And we look to you as our guide, as our one who determines what is right and what is best and what is wrong. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and worship? And I want to remind you that our, after the service, our prayer team will be over here on the side.